When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's Flash. And, and you're, you're listening, listening to Tobin, Tobin Tonight. Welcome to the podcast, you guys. Uh, how thrilled are you to be on Tobin Tonight? We are very excited. Thank you so much for thinking of yeah, us. Thanks it really for does this mean is... a lot for, to us. So thank no, you. Absolutely. Spreading the word. What you're doing is equally as important, so we appreciate it so much. No, absolutely. And I'm going to bring this up as a funny story because it's something that Emma Watkins from The Wiggles had mentioned to me. Yeah. When you guys were touring with them across Canada, you guys were pretty close. And I believe if, and now again, Emma's memory could be a little off here, but when I was interviewing Emma, I made her sing C'est la vie. And I believe one of you, according to her, had asked, why were you just singing C'est la vie? And... It was because she was on the podcast, but she uh, gave you oh. really good reviews of touring with you guys. Okay. Oh, there you go. <laughs> she, That's I think she, the, the Wiggles. She, uh, she yeah, made they're, a they're shout out to Nick, people. actually. She made a shout oh, out nice. to Nick saying that uh, you made her feel really welcome. And it was very Canadian of you guys. Oh, that's, that's nice. Yeah. Big, we're big fans of the Wiggles. So it's pretty, yeah. it's pretty cool that they've uh, become friends of ours and have asked us to perform with them they're, we're doing a song with them together on our next album as well so that's really cool for us really cool that's really neat i just thought it was really cool like when she said yeah those guys were very friendly i was like uh, yeah that's not a breaking story it's canadian yeah that's right. <laughs> uh, <laughs> it comes with the maple syrup exactly we were actually going to make emma like do a whole bunch of stuff when they were here we were i was going to be like emma have you ever heard uh, heard of snow and she was like well last time we were in edmonton we seen snow and i was just like really splash and boots should have got you like these big snow suits and did a a thing of of a show with it but you know i guess it was in september so not really uh, the the weather Yeah, we didn't right. quite have it yet. Speaking of Splash and Boots, I, I want to talk about how you guys formed, because it's an interesting story. From what I hear and what I've done my research on, you formed in 2003 as a class project at Queens. Now, I'm a Carleton University fellow. I don't know how I feel about yeah. Queens. I don't know yeah. how I feel about Queens. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you don't know how we right. feel about Carleton. Oh, oh this interview All is friends. over. It's closed. No. <laughs> Yeah, it was, a, it was a class project at Queens, like you mentioned. Um, we were asked to write a children's play for our class that we were in. It was a children's theater course. So, yeah, Tess and I, we were paired up and wrote a play. And within that play, we wrote a couple songs. And we performed that play at, at the local library. And it was the songs, we thought, that actually responded well with the children. So at that moment, we were kind of like, well, why don't we try to do an album together? Why not? And... You know, that's how the early, early stages of Splash Boots started. We, I literally, I remember doing the show and then we looked at each other and I was like, we got to do this forever. <laughs> and then we just like, we literally just decided in that moment that we loved it so much that we were going to make mm-hmm. it work. Why were you guys actually doing at Queens at the time? Were you in like a child development course or was it just one of these things that was like a recreational course? Or was this something that you were very interested in? Well, I was taking a music and drama class 
or like a dual degree, I guess. And I've always loved working with children. And I was considering like what I could do that would mean that I was working with children and also in the arts in some way. Um, Cause I knew that children were going to be a part of my future, but I wasn't quite sure in what way. I was taking to be a high school teacher. So I was in the concurrent education program there and, uh, but also doing like a drama major. And um, as well, I always knew that I was going to work with children i didn't know what age like i thought it was gonna be high school students maybe um perhaps but at the same time when we start doing together when we start singing songs for children we knew right then for me i was hooked like that was the best ever it wasn't a matter of like we're gonna do music for adults and then switch to kids it was like right away we were always just like yeah. nope we love families and children so we're gonna focus our efforts on that who came up with the idea of calling it splash and boots kind of a group effort we just kind of we're having ideas of what a group name could be and we stumbled upon just writing down a bunch of different names like i like i like the idea of having the n in there because of guns and roses i thought that was pretty cool and ah. so we kind of like came up with different uh but the concept of, of splashing and boots uh, we're like oh that's, that's kind of works so it was a kind of a it's just a group effort i'm sure the kids would love that yeah my splash and boots my favorite tv show was inspired by guns and roses there you yeah go. Totally. <laughs> Who came up with the colors, the color scheme of the blue and yellow? Well, when we were starting Splash and Boots, I had a tablecloth on my kitchen table that was blue and yellow checkered. And uh, Nick and I were telling my mom about this new great idea we had for a business. And she literally looks over at the table and she was like, I'm going to make you some costumes out of that tablecloth. And she made me some overalls out of the tablecloth, which I wore... So that was kind of the beginning, and then she made Nick some shorts in the same yellow, and we we just went from there. A fluke, really. Yeah. <laughs> There's no, there was no market research. We, we give it all to my mother. That tablecloth. I think I think she I think she was doing the market research for you guys and said, you know what, blue so and yellow, and then yeah. you yeah. guys were like, let's just it's, run with it. No. Exactly. I really like how you're very engaged with the different children with disabilities. I've seen a happy Valentine's Day post, again, through a child wishing you a happy Valentine's Day. And I was like, this is really encouraging and cool because they're giving, you know, the dis- the, the kids with disabilities a little bit of a platform here as well. Yeah, yeah, I mean, that's always important for us. I feel like sometimes labeling is not where we need to go. And like disabilities just means like we have different abilities and you know, we're all just humans here on this planet. And it's really important for us to to have that, that message come across in everything we do. We all have unique things about us that are really important and make us and make us who we are. And, and we always uh, want to make sure we give every child a voice. That was a big thing, whether it's um, autism or whether it just even being new to things that we have that we're learning about as we start Splash and Boots. We realized that all these families are coming to our concerts and they just want to be heard. And I think that's so important. And we have a platform now that we try so hard to make sure that children and their and their parents have a voice. And I think that's our responsibility. And we're going to keep doing that. You have an abundance of meet and greets with different types of kids, you know, and Absolutely. I just think it really, it really yeah. just you know, advertise it or shows it that, hey, these are a Canadian group, they're very down to earth, but it doesn't matter where you're coming from, they'll meet and greet with you anyway, which is really awesome. Yeah. Mm-hmm. No, yeah, absolutely. Totally. It's so that's, important to us. That's the most important thing to us. And we, we always say for our Thank concerts, if, um, if, if children need some extra time or big crowds are too much or the lights or anything, we always make sure that we do meet uh, children that need extra time. We try to meet them pre-show so they don't have to wait in lines. And It's, it's hard. It's Parents can have it 
pretty tough sometimes, I think, with being nervous about taking their children outdoors, especially if they don't do very well often in groups. So we try to make that easier, easier nerves as much as we can. And I applaud you guys for doing that because, I mean, it does Thank take you. a lot of a uh, toll, especially on acts themselves. Like, just to bring it full circle here as well, like, when you guys were touring with the Wiggles, uh, Emma had mentioned at one point, mm-hmm. too, that, you know, when we were kind of dealing with mental health, and, you know, you're trying to accommodate everyone at the same point, but she was mentioning at times, I don't know if it was on the Canadian tour, but just, just saying touring in general, sometimes Anthony felt the pressure of mm-hmm. performing now in dealing mm-hmm. with that kind of stuff like you're trying to accommodate kids you're trying to make sure everyone has a good show but at the same point is mm-hmm. y- you want to make sure that you're in a in a good place as well because i can just imagine doing so many shows doing so many tours that it sure. can sometimes take a toll on you guys yeah i mean i think we've always come by the like we we did have to learn this but i think that we all need to take care of our own mental health before we're even available to be there for other people so We've we've kind of developed over the past few years just some things that we both personally do to make sure that we're, you know, we're always in a good headspace, we're getting enough sleep, we're, you know, exercising. We have like things that we do to sort of ensure that because it is it's the lifestyle is often like you're on a lot and you're traveling and, and all of the things that sort of like add a little bit of stress. We just we just are aware of it now and we're we're better at sort of like moving through it and taking care of ourselves. And the other thing I want to mention to you guys that um, you get a lot of credit here from from me and, of course, from the Junos, because 2014, you were nominated for your first Junos for Children of the Year. And I, I want to call it as, as corny as this might sound. I'm a big Oasis fan. I'm a big fan of... Uh, <laughs> of music yeah you are yeah, i'm a big yeah. fan of music so it seems like you guys are like you know what we got nominated for one let's continue this is going to be our award year in and year out so like 2014 to even right up till 2019 when you won it you're always in the running mm-hmm. and i'm sure that's like to some people it's like god like can they can they not just <laughs> can they stop can they give other people a chance but then you won it and you're like now we're now we should have been defending it this year but we didn't get the chance to defend it there we yeah, go. That's right. <laughs> yeah, that's too bad that they didn't get a chance to even to get off um, with this the virus that came in. But the Junos have been so supportive of us, and the fact that we got nominated six years in a row, we didn't take that lightly at all. Then when we finally won it, it was pretty amazing. <laughs> I suppose when they like you know when you get the award, you're just like finally it's our award. Yeah, we were, we and were like, like a bit of <laughs> a shock. So in speaking of just you know the hard work that goes with making a children album, like. I'm looking at it in the sense of, you know, because we are a podcast that deals with struggles, deals with more or less overcoming obstacles as well. Did you guys in the early stages when you're doing this project ever think that it wasn't going to pan out? Or did you ever face an obstacle where you thought, we got to try something different? Oh, absolutely. Um, yeah. Like I, think every- for, yeah, like, yeah. I think we always knew. We knew we, we had something because we loved it so much. So we knew we weren't going to be stopped, but it was at the, when we first started, we, we didn't get nominated. Our first six albums never got nominated. And yeah, sometimes we were kind of like, oh, what's, or same with the TV show too. Like we kept trying to get a TV show and, and we were told no so many times. And so we did it. We, we were learning to adjust and think bigger. And then honestly for us, it's finally when we found our, our own voice, we weren't trying to, to appease anybody. We were just trying to make sure that was something that was authentic to us including the TV show, including that first album that did get nominated, uh, we really had so much fun doing it. And I think for us, the obstacles that we had to overcome was just learning to trust your own instincts. What made you guys more or less interested in becoming performers? Like just at a young age, because I'll give you a little bit of a backstory here. Like when I grew up, I grew up on Sharon Lois and Bram. 
and mm-hmm. that when I was watching as a kid, my two older brothers will still hold it over my head to this day that it was on repeat all day, every day, to the point that Nothing they thought, that. yeah, yeah, to the point <laughs> that they thought that I was going to become one of the members. And I was like, that sounds no. flattering, but I think when you grow up, you get a little bit of a different mindset. So when you Fair guys, enough. you know, at a young age, is this something that you had in store at a young age or did it just come over time being surrounded by kids? Um, well, I actually, interesting. I was at, I remember when I was a kid, my mom took me to see Charlotte Diamond. She's a children's performer from Vancouver Island. And I remember I went and watched her and I, I said to my mom, like, I'm, I'm going to do that when I grow up. I'm going to be her. And my mom was like, okay. Cause you know, I was probably like seven <laughs> or eight, but it's funny though, because I never wanted to do performing for adults as much as I wanted to be with kids so I feel like it's not as much about performing for me but more about being around kids and just kind of like helping make a difference for them in their lives is what what feels like the most important thing on my end yeah I I always loved performing I didn't think it was gonna be for children necessarily but I love children always have and so I think when this kind of came up it just seemed like the ultimate fit so it just made sense so that Mm -hmm. was uh it really did just kind of come naturally it was never forced it just really was something we both equally loved um, at the same time so it really worked out i like that like response there when i grew up i used to watch treehouse but there used to be a show called ants in your pants and it used to right. be like you know the short yeah. videos some of them could be canadian and it's so funny because music has a way even when you get older of remembering certain songs and it amazed me at times that some of those acts that were on this show were canadian right uh, i can remember when your socks get soggy there's another car about a, a bike when you have a flat wheel. There's just so many. Uh, I think it was like Justin Hines was on it as well with the tomato hat. Okay. Um, yeah. So it's kind of cool that you're on that same platform that like I grew up watching. But now you get another aspect of these kids watching Treehouse to watch mm-hmm. Splash and Boots. Uh, mm-hmm. Like yeah. Wiggles and so many other cartoons. Mm-hmm. So what does that mean to have that kind of platform? Oh, it was a game changer for us because we just got to need to be in so many rooms at the same time versus touring, touring, touring. So what we noticed is the big spike. We'd go into a community that we had never been to and people knew the songs already. So that platform was huge for our career. The, yeah, and also, like, we don't take countries. it lightly. We're, we're very, we're honored to be a part of the programming there. And, uh, you know, all of the people who, who make really great content for children to be among them really means a lot to us. Totally. What kind of things do you like to do when you guys are on tour? Like I know with where everyone now is in self-isolation per se, what things do you do on tour that you're kind of missing? We're uh, we're big fans of whatever town, province, territory we're in. We always love going on hikes. Um, mm-hmm. That's such a great way on foot to discover a town or an area. We were just up in, I think, Riglet, Labrador. And has, I think that's the place that had like the longest boardwalk the world like eight kilometers or something <laughs> so anyway we walked that and we hiked it it was just so fun so right now like being on tour we get, we get to see this country from coast to coast to coast. and so right now we're kind of missing just like the discovery and you know hiking and all that kind of stuff so i really miss the hugs <laughs> well, that's what we do what we do when we're not before <laughs> but yes oh, yeah, the hugs in general the meet and greet part like the hugs and the you know meeting kids but it's really amazing. Like we're doing all of the talking to children through through the internet, and that's totally working. But I will not be upset when we get to have real life hugs again. I was going to mention that as it's kind of an interesting dynamic because you know you see a lot of 
a lot of the celebrities, singers, songwriters are taking to Instagram doing these live posts. Yeah. And when they're doing these live posts, I was mentioning to someone that it's kind of a different aspect from being at a concert. Now, you know, it's a different audience completely. But if you go to see Luke mm-hmm. Combs in a concert, Luke Combs doesn't hear your whole story about how you inspired him. You're just one of a face of a crowd. But when he's mm-hmm. home, um, you know, just sitting down with a guitar and, you know, his PR team could be reading the tweets to him. Maybe it sure. flattens him and he gets to read it. But, you know, children entertainment, you, you kind of have that same dynamic as a child might, their parent might tweet at you or share stuff. Yeah. Like I, I've heard you guys, you know, giving as best as you could a lot of the shout outs to the kids, trying to do the yeah. song at the same time. <laughs> yeah, and now like, I know the kid yeah. is super flattered, super excited, like, oh my God, mm-hmm. Splash and Boots just say hello to me. I can't wait to tell people that. Oh, right. There's no school. Um, but I can't wait to tell <laughs> them at some point, like even FaceTime them. But The aspect that you were just mentioning about missing the hugs, like I'm sure that dynamic brings a whole new aspect to your show. Yeah, it does. I, Mm -hmm. I, you know, as far as like what we're trying to accomplish now online daily, there's a great opportunity right now to actually reach so many more fans of that interactive experience with them. Actually, like the name shouts and the parents that we're talking to online daily, like there's so much interaction going on, even though we can't physically be there we're actually interacting probably way more than we would right now if we tour so we're you know we're making the best of it that's for sure i think so many people are yeah no and, and i think it's really cool because it's a really cool concept that i'm just wondering we'll stick around once the virus is you know over i'm just wondering is there a way going to be a way yeah. to you know just just say if concerts can't go ahead or you know another way to yeah. just make revenue or another way to embrace with fans that's what i was kind of you know, it's it's a cool concept. Yeah, I, I, I think, yeah. Totally. I think we have to start thinking yeah. outside the box. <laughs> and I think we're going to keep exploring the opportunities because we're going to keep doing this regardless. So we got to figure out a way to reach as many people as possible. So we're definitely thinking about ways to do that. Right now. So, you know, we'll see. Mm-hmm. It's the next couple of months. And I, I do like your setup. I do like the setup that you did in the Instagram video. It was a very homely. It, was, it wasn't like an over the top. It was just you two. You had a little bit of it. It looked like almost like you were at like a wooden lodge kind of background, which I thought was very homely. Mm-hmm. That's my basement. <laughs> well, your basement is very lovely. <laughs> I renovated a bit. <laughs> well, it's a good thing I didn't. It, it's a good thing I didn't say. Oh, that was so shabby. I don't know where you recorded that. And you'd be like, yeah. Uh, yeah. Brian, that was my basement. I'd be like, Oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, no, it looked really cool. I, I like that idea. It's, it, it kind of was inviting. Do you want to play a game of how Canadian of you? Yeah. Okay. So the idea here is that you have to try to top how Canadian. Of, a, of an expression here. So if I'm going to go up first and I'm going to say, well, I opened a door for a girl and she was struggling. How Canadian of me. Okay. Um, I gave my neighbor maple syrup when he ran out of water. How, How Canadian. Canadian of you. <laughs> <laughs> I, took in, I took in a stranded beaver because uh, their, their mother seemed to be lost. How Canadian of me. Oh, oh, someone that's... someone took all of my groceries and I apologized. How Canadian of <laughs> me. Wow. I, I, I like that. I like that. I do. I like that one. I, I seen a neighbor at a hockey game and offered him a Tim Hortons. He rejected. I still apologized. How Canadian. Oh yeah, there me. you go. <laughs> I was late for this podcast and so I had to call an Uber and a moose showed up instead. <laughs> How Canadian of me. 
Wow. You get the la- like you get you get level. the last one. You get the last one. Take it away. <laughs> Go ahead, Doug. <laughs> no, no, you... on the moose. <laughs> what? I'm saying no you go first how can you be no us no you go first no you go first no I just no, you I go. can't possibly no. how can... go first no you, no, no. You're the, you go first you're the best I'm sorry oh, you're the best that sounds like you guys are taking it way too Canadian over here <laughs> how can you really Canadian <laughs> That's going to do it for this episode of Tobin Tonight. Our thanks to Splash and Boots for coming on the show. Remember, you can find past, present, and future episodes on TobinTonight.com, Spotify, and iTunes. Follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, and leave a comment or two. For Tobin and myself, this is Jacob saying, thanks for listening, and good night. Hi, this is Candace Sampson, the voice behind What She Said. My show is your destination for stories that not only entertain, but also educate and empower. Every week, I spotlight strong female voices from across Canada, women who are changing the narrative and driving change. Don't miss out on these inspiring episodes. Subscribe on Apple, Spotify, and Amazon Music, or head over to whatshesaidtalk.com. What She Said can also be heard on blasttheradio.com. Mondays at 5 p.m. and Wednesdays at 7 p.m. That's BlastTheRadio.com. It's time to dive into the stories that truly matter. Hi, I'm Steve Yurko. And I'm Tara Sands. Now available from Maji Media is our new podcast, Four Kids Flashback. Four Kids is the company who brought you the English dub of Pokemon in the late 90s and so many other shows like Yu-Gi-Oh!, Shaman King, Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles, Kirby, the infamous One Piece dub, and so many more. We'll be talking to the people who worked at Four Kids. Actors, directors, writers, editors, producers, engineers, you get the point. And hopefully get the answers to questions both you and I have about the company. I actually worked there as a voice actor on some of the shows. And I was a kid watching the shows and remember way more than Tara does. And thank God for that. Steve is actually a professional storyboard artist, which gives some really unique insights into anime and animation. Subscribe today wherever you get your podcasts. That's the number four kids flashback. Another Sound Off Media Company podcast.